And good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the coming attractions section of our podcast. It's the Historic Linwood Theater. I'm Kevin. I'm your host. And today just happens to be Tuesday, the 11th of July. Continuing on then is Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's incredible film about a play, a writer, uh, the movie about the play, the play itself, the characters involved with the play, and lots more. We even have a dancing roadrunner for your entertainment and enjoyment. It continues on today at 425 and 7 o'clock. Tonight happens to be your last chance for open captioned, and I think in this particular situation, in this case, uh, it helps uh, incredibly to stay abreast of all of the rapid-fire dialogue that Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola, his assistant or partner in Screenwriting, our famous four. So check it out tonight. Uh, last chance for open caption for Asteroid City. It plays again at 425 and 7 o'clock, Wednesday and Thursday. And then on Friday, the 14th of July, we premiere Past Lives. And uh, let me give you a little bit about that one. In just a moment here, I want to get through the... Uh, the times and the films before we move on to our exposition. So Friday, we open with Past Lives. It will play at 420 and 645. Saturday and Sunday, the 15th and 16th of July, Past Lives will play at 2, 420 and 645. And then Monday through Thursday of next week, July 17th through the 20th, Past Lives at 420 and 645. And this is all a prelude because on Friday, the 21st of July, we opened the premiere of a film that I've been waiting a long time to see. I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. Oppenheimer rolls into town, and it's a three-hour biopic from Christopher Nolan. You know all about it. We've been playing the four trailers from Universal for about six weeks now. So <laughs> you've seen several of them, and I'm sure you're as hyped to watch this film as I am. It plays at 3.20 and 7 o'clock. Tickets are now available online, so if you want to make sure that you have those taken care of up front because we are going to sell a few. Uh, as for Oppenheimer, opens Friday, July 21st, 3 20 and 7 o'clock. All right, well, there you go. There's uh, three minutes of the uh, the nuts and bolts, the who, what, when, where, and hows about what's playing at the Historic Lima Theater. Now, in its third week, Asteroid City continues to satisfy, never disappointing the discriminating film fan. It is as outrageous as it is insightful, both organic and synthetic, a feast for eyes and soul. With each viewing, I appreciate Wes Anderson's artistry and mind-numbing talent even more. He has, I have been quoted as saying, three things that make a truly great artist, three traits that make up a truly great artist, genius, imagination, and talent. As a way of validation by comparison, not for the weak of knee or faint of heart, I, by rigid self-examination, possess merely one of those essential traits. I'll leave it to you to pick the one. 
If you have already seen it once, I highly recommend a second viewing tonight as the subtitles really help catching all the brilliant dialogue, not just the sublime punchlines or diabolical banter. Past Lives is getting some terrific buzz in the trades. Written and directed by first-timer Celine Song and starring Greta Lee as Nora and Tio Yo as Hei Sung, it is the story of two deeply connected childhood friends who are wrested apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. Twenty years later, they are reunited in New York City for one fateful week as they contemplate notions of love and destiny. Sounds intriguing, no? Here's a sampling of some of the buzz. Currently, it is sitting very comfortably at a 98% tomato meter, which is the critics, and a robust 93% audience score from Rotten Tomatoes. By comparison, again, those numbers beat Asteroid City by light years. John Wenzel of the Denver Post says, Past lives feel so deliciously restrained that it makes even the quiet scenes seem histrionic. And yet, it's wide emotional field that gives its characters room to breathe. If Past Lives isn't 2023's best film, we are in for an incredible year of cinema. Whoa, Nelly, read that one again. I'll read it for you again. If Past Lives isn't 2023's best film, we're all in for an incredible year of cinema. Boy, that uh, that's a whopper, that last sentence. That, my dear friends, is a ton and a half of honest hyperbole. Woo-wee! And speaking of 2023's best films, hang on to your hats because Robert J. Oppenheimer, sometimes a.k.a. J. Robert Oppenheimer, is coming to town. Yes, it seems that our little LKD campaign worked some minor miracles. Minor bordering on major, mind you. <laughs> you will recall the level of angst, disappointment, and downright disbelief I voiced a week ago when it was announced that our illustrious big brother at the Bainbridge Cinemas, a.k.a. The Pavilion, was getting the latest epic from superstar writer-director Christopher Nolan instead of us. So, I went on a crusade and actually delivered a fairly good, impassioned, and reasonable oratory to the brass on why we were, and are, the better venue for this particular tentpole blockbuster. Keep Top Gun, knock yourselves out with Spider-Man, enjoy Barbie, and devour Mission Impossible and Joyride, but give us the sophistication, maturity, and grittiness of this non-fiction historical biopic. If ever was a movie made for our demographic, this is it. I ended my diatribe rant. And guess what happened the day later? I get a special urgent email from our movie broker announcing that Oppenheimer has moved its opening from the Bainbridge Cinemas to our very own historic Linwood. Yes, yay, we win. I was floored doesn't happen every day. I am so grateful for this opportunity. I, I can't wait to share it with you and toss it up there, throw it up there on the big screen and, and see what happens. I can pretty much tell you right now what's going to happen. It will rock. You all know the story, so I won't belabor the point. Suffice it to say that as I have been running all four trailers from Universal in heavy rotation for six weeks, anyone not wishing tomorrow was Friday, July 21st, at 320, is someone who needs serious therapeutic intervention. 
and fast. I'll have a lot more to say on this next week, so please accept my sincere thanks for your part in a job well done, amigos e amigas, on the Let Kevin Decide LKD campaign. We finally won one, folks. Notes on Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer opens Friday, July 21st at 3.30 in the matinee. Yeah, it's a long run. It runs three hours on the button and 7 o'clock. It will play Saturday and Sunday then, 22nd and 23rd at 11.45 for the first matinee. 3.20 and then again at 7 o'clock. And then back to the regular rotation Monday through Thursday of the following week at 3.20 and 7 o'clock. Uh, we're planning on having this for at least uh, two weeks, and uh, we have it open-ended. There is nothing following it. So as long as we keep putting the fannies in the chairs, uh, we will keep it up there on the big screen here at the historic Linwood Theater. In case you don't know, uh, Killian Murphy plays the lead role, Mr. Oppenheimer himself, and uh, he is a very, very well-respected method actor. Also, Matt Damon plays the role of Leslie Groves, uh, the Navy counterpart to Oppenheimer at the Manhattan Project. Robert Downey Jr. plays a senator, and Emily Blount plays uh, Killian Murphy's wife, Oppenheimer's wife, in the film. So that's a, that's an all-star cast, not to mention the, uh, the superb, the sublime talents of Mr. Nolan at the helm, and uh, you know he of the three traits. More time, just for your you know consideration, because all of those will be on display here when Oppenheimer uh, comes to town. Those three traits are a genius. Okay, got that. Two, imagination, because genius without imagination is pretty stoic. <laughs> it is. And then lastly, talent. You've got to be able to meld those together and come up with a product. The, the final result has got to be satisfying, intriguing, enjoyable, and hopefully didactic. And this being a historical biopic uh, needs to have all of those uh, elements checked because we all know the story. Uh, some of us don't know the inner workings that went on behind the Manhattan Project. But uh, we pretty much know what happened at the end. We all know the uh, termination of World War II and the yin-yang effect, good, bad, right, wrong, that uh, the, our nation, especially Harry Truman and FDR before him, and certainly Oppenheimer himself, uh, were uh, agonizing over as to doing the right thing. The debate lingers to today. You will all uh, appreciate and remember our part, Bambridge Island's part in that. As uh, the Manhattan Project was taking shape, uh, our citizens were, some of them of Japanese ancestry, were being rounded up and, and incarcerated in in prisons uh, in the high desert for crimes merely of having an inappropriate DNA for the times. Uh, criminal in itself, yes, and uh, obviously our connection with breaking the Japanese code uh, prior to Pearl Harbor, which is a story into itself. And a quick look around shows the remnants of the era at Fort Ward, Battery Nash. Um, there were submarine nets that span pretty much where the Agapass Bridge sits today. Uh, we still have all type of um, reminders of the importance of that era. So I feel very much attached to this film. I feel very connected to this film. I've been anticipating having it here and we had to go the extra mile in order to make it happen, and I'm so happy that we were able to do that. One final anecdote. 
most of you have uh, heard the story of uh, my screenplay that takes uh, place in the same era, roughly 1942 to 1962. Uh, it involves a Japanese fighter pilot and Brookings, Oregon, and the New Mexico angle of uh, housing the Manhattan Project and all that that took place. It was definitely a race. We wanted to have the nuclear capabilities to both end the war and to maintain geopolitical dominance for, well, forever after that, hopefully, if things went right or until we built a bigger bomb. That was the backdrop for my play. And interestingly enough, I, I literally had uh, chills down my spine when I watched the second trailer of Oppenheimer and saw a few of the scenes that... Um, I'm telling you what, folks, uh, there is such a similarity that it borders on plagiarism. Now, you're saying to yourself, sure, Christopher Nolan's going to steal lines and scenes of your screenplay for his use. Well, uh, there's always coincidence, and there's always the uh, accidental occurrence. There's also the creative opportunity to take any situation and um, draw from it certain scenes uh, to combine the the imagery and the uh, the scene and the uh, uh, the topic and come up with something that is unique and individual and continues to be faithful to the story. All of those things together create a number of visual elements that go into the totality of the film. However, when three or four of them show up in the trailer alone that could have been lifted from my screenplay, I'm calling a timeout. I'm saying, yo, Chris, um... Did you go down and get the back door key to the Library of Congress and, and look up all related materials and then rely on that to create your narrative? I don't know. It's eerily similar. And quite honestly, I had a chat with the, one of our local filmmakers last night. We were talking about the same thing and the creative license that goes on. You don't need to change much, but you just do need to uh, push the ball a little bit forward, push the can a little further down the street in order to make it uniquely your our own and tell your version, your vision of that story. Um, so I feel, you know what? I, I feel honored. I, I really do. If if indeed <laughs> this possibly did happen, then I'm I'm floored. I, I am honored to be able to contribute to whatever part I can in the making of this historic film. And we'll just leave it at that because I have yet to see it. The media hasn't even shown up yet, so I have no idea if this continues thematically throughout the entirety of the film. I just don't know. We will have to find out together. And if anybody wants to take a look at my screenplay, give me a call here and I'll get you set up. It's 206-451-4336. Be sure and come by and say hello. And at the very least, we've got a real good uh, string of movies here. Um, Asteroid City has just been phenomenal. Everyone has appreciated it. The comments uh, have, have been off the charts uh, as far as, hmm, I'm not sure. It was interesting and beautiful. It's all get out. Out, but I'm not sure exactly what it was about, <laughs> which is fine. You know, I kind of think that that is perhaps what Wes Anderson always has in mind. The, the ambiguity of his uh, screenplays are, again, off the charts. And then with past lives coming in on Friday and after that, the 21st of July, J. Robert Oppenheimer comes up, lights up our big screen here at the historic Linwood Theater. That's all I got time for today, folks. It's been a blast with you as always. Always, it's Kevin from the Historic Linwood Theater podcast.
podcast signing off for today. It is Tuesday, July 11th, and come on out and see the final showing of Asteroid City open caption format tonight. That's at 425 and 7 o'clock. Hope to see you then. Ciao.